Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Monday, December the 12th, 2022. Y'all decide to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate you being here. Shout out to the sponsors, Prize Picks, in the building. Use that promo code Wake Up for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Shout out to my man Fizzle Dollars with the intro song. It's good to be here, baby. Got uh, got 88 of y'all in the building to talk some NFL football, recapping this weekend slate of games, some of the biggest storylines. We're going to get into the ballers of the week. But before we do that, y'all see I got the smoke brewing. Shout out to Michelle Ador. Michelle Adora Coffee. Go to Michelle Adora USA. 15% off, baby. Get you some of that coffee. Get it for some of your loved ones, your family. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. Go and cop that. 15% off using the promo code Wake Up. And shout out to the entire Destination Devi Squad, man. Scott Connor started a new uh, a new podcast thing today, man. So make sure you check out Destination Dynasty. Make sure you check out the Star Sit Show that we do on Sundays. America's Game on Saturdays. Eugene and Ike throughout the week. Uh, Troy and LQ on the channel we got a lot of dope stuff and we're giving it all to you for free as well as the newsletter in the description free 99 sign up for that who we got in the building this morning fizzle what's up baby troy in the building eric yeah i moved it a little bit man I had to move it new angles new angles man how about them cowboys when the cowboys win like that 10 wins on the season. You move the angles around to show off, baby. Uh, Jay Peters in the building. Uh, Sham, what's up, baby? How you doing this morning, baby? Don't Y'all don't don't start with, uh, the, with the Cowboys, man. Uh, Marlon, Shane, good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. I hope uh, week 14, I think this may have been, depending on your league, could have been the fantasy playoffs for some of y'all starting off uh, yesterday. So hopefully that fared well. We'll talk about the players who flopped. Talk about the players who balled out. But Jay... Gotta get my man Jay Rich in here. Jay, how you doing this morning, man? You got everything together? Jay was having some technical difficulties earlier. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. This Hey, this this wow. is a lesson for everyone out here, wow. right, Ray? And I and I talked about Eesh. this um to the other day. I don't look good, man. Um, oh man. Literally, before we're about to start, I have my camera set up. It was working fine. And then I kicked one of the cords under my desk. And next thing you know, camera won't work. I'm pretty sure I need to restart oh. my whole computer, but there wasn't time for that before the show. This is a lesson to all you people out there. You see how <laughs> disgusting I look right now? It's because I'm being shot top down. I look small. Ray looks like a giant next to me. We both know that's not the case. Shoot people a little bit under. And this on screen, man. But yeah, I look terrible. You this look is, like uh, a new podcaster, like somebody just new to the <laughs> new to the game. This is hey, everybody. It's my look, first man. show. Yeah, uh, new excited studio. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Your new studio, man. Wow. Um, Brutal. Ugh. Let's get Jay off of here for a little bit. Oh. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you're messing around with the stuff like two minutes before the show starts. Do not do that, people. Do not do that. But we glad Jay is in the building. 
Um, yeah, so Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy. Dope for him. Knew that was going to happen. Um, I don't know if any of y'all paid attention to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, but we saw the Blitnikoff winner, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, is going to be a first-round pick. Bijan Robinson, surprise, surprise, wins the Doak Walker Award. And, uh, you know, mock drafts are starting to flow right now. 2023 is upon us. Some of y'all aren't in the playoffs. You're starting to build ahead till uh, to next season. Look ahead to next season. And there was a report that came out of Detroit, Jay, where they were talking about the Lions, man. The Lions potentially looking at Jared Goff as sort of their, you know, quarterback for the future, quarterback that they can win with. And we saw on Sunday the Lions uh, dispose of the uh, 10-win Minnesota Vikings. And I'm watching Ben Johnson call that offense. I'm watching Jared Goff operate. He's getting the ball to DJ Chark. Jamison Williams scores his first touchdown. Jay, I, I'm I'm looking at this like I, I don't see a world in which Detroit needs to spend one of their top 10 picks or two top 15 picks on a quarterback in this class. More and more people are coming out talking about just how not spectacular the quarterbacks are, where going into this season, we thought it was going to be the, one of the strengths of the class, along with running backs. We looked at Mel Kuyper's big board and saw a lot of the fan-friendly names, the Sean Tuckers, the Zach Evans, not inside of his top 10 running backs. Yeah, I'll take that with a grain of salt right now. I'm not going to look at that as as wholesale truth or or Bible at this stage of the game. But I say all that to say that I think as we enter this process, man, we start to look at some of these NFL teams. Like, I'm watching the game last night, Jay, and all I can think about is, damn, Miami needs a running back. You know, you continue to see (laughs) B. John Robinson mocked to Miami, or we were seeing that when they had their first-round pick. And I'm like, yo, they need a guy. Jeff Wilson ain't it. Raheem Mostert's a complimentary guy. They need a running back. But – it's, it's interesting to watch all this play out, and I think we are in for uh, a unique draft cycle with these 2023 prospects. My man Keith Sanchez over the Draft Network put out a mock yesterday, and his number three overall pick to the Chicago Bears was Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU, which I think there's a real possibility um, that he is a top 10, top 8 type pick in the NFL draft, especially once the combine hits, man, but... You're looking around at some of these teams, you're like, man, the Giants need a guy on the outside. You're looking around and you're thinking, man, is you know, does Jacksonville have enough? What's Tennessee gonna do long term with their quarterback situation? You know, who who's gonna go catch passes in some of these places, right? Uh Houston, Dallas needs another number two, a, another receiver, not in the first round, but they need another compliment to Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. This is gonna be a while, just prepare. I'm just trying to mentally prepare everybody about the arguing, the commotion, the bickering that's about to happen with this 23 class. We're not going to do that over here. But it's just interesting to watch all this stuff play out, man. I'm seeing people say the Lions need a reliable running back. Uh, You know, that is sacrilegious to talk about anybody other than DeAndre Swift in here because apparently he's he's the guy, right? I just... There's a lot of teams that are set up for some success, man, and I'm just excited for this one, Jay. I mean, we're starting our film sessions real soon with DD, uh, the film scores, getting all that stuff in. It's going to be an interesting, interesting draft cycle. Yeah, Joe, this is a popular one. Quentin Johnson to Houston with Bryce Young. I would love that if, if Houston takes Bryce Young, which I think personally right now, I think Bryce will be the quarterback one off of the board when it's all said and done. And pairing him with a wide receiver, which they need in the worst way because they don't have one, um, that's in a very optimal outcome, I, I would think. Houston going quarterback and then doubling up with a wide receiver, whether that's Addison, whether that's JSN, whether that's uh, Quentin Johnson, I think it'd be a good fit. But uh, just hold on to your butts because it's going to be a fun ride. 
But Jay, you ready to get into some news, man? Are you are you good to go? Jay, are you good to oh, go no, over there? It, it's it's gonna be like this all show, baby. All I'm right, let's get the, into it. Let's get yeah, it straight Kimball back so we can today. hit those games, baby. Let's go. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. This is honestly the worst part because I don't know where to look anymore. I'm used to looking in one spot and looking in another spot. But to start off the news, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins both got injured. Tyler Boyd hurt his finger left in the first quarter, and T. Higgins had a hamstring injury. But Zach Taylor said that it's not considered serious, and he could have returned to the game, but ultimately they decided to hold him out. So we'll see what happens with him coming into this week. But he should be fine. But, you know, T. Higgins has been dealing with a couple of injuries, so hopefully he can be back. And then as well, Damian Pierce hurt his ankle in the fourth quarter of the game against the Cowboys. So we'll have to monitor his situation this week. Ray as well, Bengals uh, edge rusher Trey Henderson broke his, broke his, what is it, his wrist and will miss the rest of December. So a bit of a blow to the Bengals down the stretch, but he should be back for the playoffs and fine. Obviously, they will need him if they want to make a deep playoff run. Russell Wilson got hit hard late in the game. Uh, I think it was the third quarter against the Chiefs. He was coming back, playing well. He was cooking. And then out of nowhere... They decided to uh, beat our man Russ. I don't know if you saw the bump on his head, dude. It was like the size of a nickel. It was, yeah, I saw that. Pen- yep. it was insanely big. But hopefully he comes back. We'll see what happens with him. He's in concussion protocol. Debo Samuel carted off the field in the Niners game when they beat down the Bucks. It is reported to be a high ankle sprain, not necessarily season ending, but he won't be back until the playoffs. We know that high ankle sprains are four to six week injuries. So we'll see when he ultimately can come back. And then the bigger thing as well, how explosive is he coming off that injury? Then as well, Mike Boone got injured again. He has a high ankle sprain. Tyler Huntley and Kenny Pickett both left with concussions. So the bigger problem for the Ravens that they don't play, they play on Saturday afternoon. So less of a time for him to come back from concussion protocol. So we'll see if he can clear. Mike White left the game with a rib injury, did return, went back into the locker room, returned again. So we'll see what his status is. We talked about Zach Wilson potentially starting the the following game. So we'll see if Mike White can play. I think he did play pretty good against Buffalo, so he should be able to start again. Tyreek Hill was dealing with an ankle injury pretty much, I'd say, from the second quarter on in the game last night. Hopefully he can be fine. There was reports that his ankle may swell up when they fly home. So there are concerns in that regard. And as well, the Miami Dolphins play Saturday night against the Buffalo Bills. So him and Jeff Wilson, who also got hurt and had a hip injury. And on top of that, Ray, uh, Cowboys right tackle Terrence Steele, his knee injury is considered potentially serious. Yeah, MRI is coming today. So it may not be good for the Cowboys right tackle. Outside of that, though, not much. I don't know if I'm missing anything. Feel free to correct me on that. But a lot of just smaller injuries, some bigger injuries for fantasy. Hopefully everyone does come back healthy. But some concerns for some Saturday night players because we do have Saturday night football this week. So we'll see what happens with those guys. Yeah, the uh, the Terrence Steele injury was not good for Dallas. But I want to start off, man, talking about San Francisco 49ers and Tampa Bay game, which wasn't really a game. Uh, San Francisco put foot in Tampa Bay, and uh, it was not close. I mean, defensively, Tampa Bay couldn't get anything going. Tom Brady looked pedestrian. Tom Brady was frustrated. Tom Brady was yelling at everybody, and they lost to Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the NFL draft. And I'll just say um, he played great. He outplayed Tom Brady. He He didn't throw as much. He didn't have the volume that Brady did. He wasn't asked to do as much, but what he was asked to do He executed that assignment with flying colors, man. Brock Purdy was 16 for 21, 185, two touchdowns. QBR of 92.8. Tom Brady, 34 for 55, 253, 
One touchdown, two interceptions, QBR of 36.1. Leonard Fournette was trotted out there. He can't run the ball anymore. He's just not good between the tackles. Tampa Bay can't block. And you just look at this team, and I'm just thinking, you know, I I do a a stream on Bleacher Report twice a week, Jay, and I talked about the San Francisco 49ers moving down my power rankings without Jimmy Garoppolo. You got a seventh-round quarterback in there. If this is all he has to do is manage this offense, make some throws when needed, scramble around a little bit, extend some plays, not turn the ball over, with this defense and D'Amico Ryans, I I don't see how they aren't a top-five team in the NFC, Jay. I'm looking across the board, and I know there are teams that have better records than uh, the 49ers, a.k.a. Minnesota Vikings in particular. They're not a better team than San Francisco, even with with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Minnesota is not a better team than the San Francisco 49ers, man. I'm looking at what they're doing. Christian McCaffrey, he— it, it felt like he ran the ball 35 times, right? It felt like he ran the ball a ton. He only had 14 carries, but he was running decisive. They were clearing lanes for him defensively. They were just getting after Brady, making life hell on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. This is a good football team, man. And losing Debo Samuel, the, my, my thing with that is, man, Jerry Rice came out and tweeted out after the game. He tweeted, he put on Instagram, like, stop using our skill position players as running backs. Like, stop running our wide receivers up the gut. Like, this shit was inevitable. Inevitable. I've, I've been taught, like, you can't, and some people would be like, oh, a player can get hurt at, at any given time. Yeah, that's true. But why expose your newly signed wide receiver to that? Like, you continue to do the same thing, and you know what's going to happen eventually. It's going to catch up to him. Stop pounding Debo Samuel up the middle. Stop giving him tosses up the middle. Use him as a damn receiver. Throw him out. Let him run a bang seven. Let him run a whip route. Stop giving him carries and subjecting him to unnecessary hits. Now we lose Debo Samuel. High ankle sprain. Like, unless they make it a deep playoff run, it's a wrap this season for him, right? It's like, why do they continue to do that? And then I look on the Tampa Bay side of the ball. (sighs) Jay, I'm just going to ask the question, and I I know the the answer is you still got to start him, but, like, do you have any faith in starting Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, no. Rashad White, like he, he, you know they'll get some touches, but when it's when 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 rubber meets the road, Tampa Bay's gonna abandon everything that seems seemingly works for him. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. Rashad White, second player of the game, rips off like a forty yard run. Then they don't give him the ball anymore. You know, like what, what are we doing in Tampa Bay? This has been a catastrophe to the highest degree with 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't want to hear about oh they lost this and their offensive line that you got Tom Brady. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you got capable tight ends. You still have a lot of the same players on defense. What the hell is going on in Tampa? And my question to you, Jay, is does Tom Brady come back next year? There's already a lot of rumors about (laughs) San Francisco and Sean Payton. I mean, is he back next year with this team? I mean, he was already talking about how he wants to come back, so I have to imagine he would be back. In regards to the team itself, um, this is kind of who Tom Brady has been for a lot of his career, right? Outside of Tampa Bay, he was a dude who didn't throw deep a ton, would sometimes, but checked it down a lot, moved the ball methodically down the field, and we've seen that that doesn't necessarily work when your defense isn't playing well and you're getting shut out. So that's a big problem, obviously, but there was also the big touchdown to Mike Evans that was negated by penalty. Of course, it was a holding penalty by the offensive line, so that kind of halted the momentum a little 
little bit. But outside of that, to your point, not a lot of big plays. Chris Godwin's not getting deep down the field outside of his 32-yard catch. Now, Mike Evans did get involved late, but obviously it was a blowout. I think that's the biggest problem is that, you know, San Francisco has been playing pretty good defense, but they had a little bit of lapses for the past couple of weeks, and they come in, play Tampa Bay. All of a sudden, they look like the top defense they've been the whole season. I don't know what this means for the Bucs. The issue is they're still going to win division more likely than not. We'll I don't see. Know, the Panthers I don't got know a big win this division. week. I don't know Panthers if they got win a big division. win this week, right? But, you know, you talk about starting these guys. I, I can't start Mike Evans. I think you can start Chris Godwin because he has been the primary target. Led the team in targets again this week. He was tied with Mike Evans. But outside of that, like, I hate to see Julio Jones, eight targets. Leonard Fernand, obviously, seven targets. KDOT and five targets. Like, they need to consolidate these targets to the skilled players and get them the ball in ways that can succeed. All they're doing is checking it down, and it's just not really doing anything for them. Where is this deep passing game that's been so successful for the past two years? I think Brady comes back, though. I don't think it's going to be on the Bucks, but I think he does come back because I don't think he's going to be satisfied with a losing record and potentially not even making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to retire. Um, he hasn't been good, right? Like, if we're just no, keeping it awful. real, like, he hasn't played particularly well I know the coaching with Todd Bowles defensively their defense is a mess like it's inexcusable for me in my opinion like who am I right I'm just sitting back watching he the looks games, like a 45 year old quarterback right like yeah 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 I'm, I'm this just, week he does at least but I mean it's I watched a lot of Brock Purdy at Iowa State and I did not <laughs> in a million years would I've thought he would have come in this game and it started off like up oh, here we go because the first play of the game was a sack like, he got yeah. smoked first play of the game. It was called a penalty. Uh, you know, football is, can we make football violent again? We just, we want to make it too anti- It's uh, That call last night, Jay, I, I bullshit you not. It turned me off from that entire game. Like, the, the, really? the rough and the passer call, yeah, the like, it really just, it, like, at that moment, and I know Herbert played awesome, and we'll talk about it, but it just, it really just turned the, the taste in my mouth, like, for, for football for the remainder of the day. We're just like, what do you want a defender to do? Jalen Phillips does this beautiful spin move, sacks the quarterback, and then they call a, a roughing the passer penalty. Like at that moment, I started watching uh, season three of Succession on HBO. Like I just was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to watch this shit anymore. Like make football violent again. Stop with these pity pat pussy calls. Like it's football. You get hit. That's the game. That's been the game since we were kids. I don't want to see flag football. So <clears throat> it was just, it, it just turned me off. But for Brock Purdy to go out there and do that to that defense, just inexcusable to me, man. Like, really? Y'all let him yep. go out there and dice you up? And that's no shade to Purdy, who played fantastic. But Tampa Bay, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Like, they, they truly ought to be ashamed. That was horrible, man. Horrible game. Horrible game by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I, I don't know who I – don't, I don't think they are a shoe-in to win that division. Everybody in that division is below 500. The NFC yep. South is terrible. Desmond Ritter, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, and now Tom Brady are your four starting quarterbacks in the NFC South. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. Um, shout out to the Niners, though. D'Amico Ryans will be a head coach somewhere. Yep. Hopefully next season. He's done a master class job coaching up that defense. Had Tom Brady shook all game. Uh, player who was not shook at all, Jay. I, I don't know what the odds are. Can you look him up? Can you look him up for NFL MVP? Because Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles put foot in the New York Giants, which we expected, right? The Giants are, we didn't know if Saquon was going to play. Daniel Jones is still throwing to his leading receiver yesterday was Richie James, Darius Slayton, and Isaiah Hodgins. Like, it's just, it's not good there. Dimes threw 169, one touchdown, no picks. QBR of 78, like, he didn't play bad, but 
there's just a gap in 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 level of uh in in level of caliber of player on each team. The Eagles are just Jay. This so good. team is good. This team so is a complete team. Jalen Hurts out there, a cool two seventeen passing, two touchdowns, nothing big deal. You know, seventy seven yards, no big deal. Ho hum. Miles Sanders, a hundred, a buck fifty, damn near two touchdowns. Smitty a touchdown. AJ Brown a touchdown. Uh, Calcaterra got involved in it. Like no one went off for Philly. No one. No receiver over seventy one yards. Miles Sanders had a huge day. Jalen Hurts didn't just, and they won forty eight to twenty two. Yeah, like none of them just Crazy. went berserk, and they won forty eight to twenty two. What are Jalen Hurts' MVP odds right now? Minus one fifteen. He's the favorite. Obviously, Mahomes threw three picks. Didn't look the best against Denver, but uh, they obviously won the game. So good for them. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, another complete performance. Big game, rushing touchdown. I believe what you said, two or three passing touchdowns. Two passing um, touchdowns. You know that whole shot to Devonte Smith, where the safety thought he had an easy pick. And Dante Smith ripped it out of the air. It was just uh, a great overall performance. And like you mentioned, Miles Sanders, uh, baller of the week. If people want to talk, you want to get to the ballers of the week quickly because we are on Miles Sanders now. But yeah, yeah, yeah we, can go, we can go. Yeah, let's get to him. Miles Sanders. Um, Miles Sanders definitely is the one for us this week who is the running back baller of the week. Shout out Miles Sanders. Yeah, man. 17 carries, 144, two tubs. Uh, I think the that was the bigger surprise for me. I didn't expect Miles Sanders to have this good of a game because I thought they would need to pass the ball a little bit more. But that's all they needed. They ran the ball a ton. Um, obviously, there was some rain and stuff in the forecast. But, I mean, they played a great game. And Hurts is looking like he's got a very good shot now to win MVP. We talk about the odds for him to win. The schedule for Philly still looks great. They got one big game against Dallas. They got another game, I believe, against New York. It's it's looking primed, man. They got a game against Washington. We know the division's going to be tough throughout the season because the teams are good. But Philly still remains to be the class of the division and definitely the class of the NFC. Minnesota's not threatening them. Dallas definitely came back down to earth a lot this week, but Jalen Hurts is looking like the runaway potentially for MVP. I think he's got a great shot. Uh, like you mentioned, just having all those weapons, and they don't even have Dallas Goddard, right? The offensive yep. line's been great. The defensive line is better. When they get Dallas Goddard's back, I think this offense will be just about unstoppable. Um, we've seen it. They can beat you multiple ways, and they continue to do that. So I think that Hurts deserves to be in that MVP conversation, and hopefully he can win MVP and not Offensive Player of the Year because he was the front runner for both at one point. Yeah, you know how they do that. One of them will win MVP, and then whichever quarterback doesn't win MVP, they'll win Offensive Player of the Year because I don't – I don't know if we're gonna have a skill position that wins it, Jay. I'm like, I still think Tyreek well, is Tyreek still. Tyreek and Jefferson. So there's no odds on DK out for it right now. But yeah, J Jefferson and Tyreek, I think, are the only two that can yeah. really contend for it. I mean, Jefferson had 200 yards this week, so he made a big case. And then Tyreek still, I believe, just off of pace probably now for 2,000 receiving yards with his only yeah, 80 yards off in this pace. one. But even still, he's a guy who, depending on his ankle, can definitely get there. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think Jefferson and Tyreek are the two guys who can contend for Offensive Player of the Year if Jalen Hurts ultimately does end up winning MVP. Jay, for in your opinion, what, what game was the most entertaining game on the slate yesterday? Most entertaining. I think it's got to be the Detroit and uh, Minnesota game. Yep, game I'm with you. Me. I'm with that you. That game was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about it, man. Um. Detroit, 6-7, and seven, and they they increased their playoff odds from 7% to 21% uh, chance to okay. make the playoffs. Still a lot of things that need to happen for Detroit in order to get there, but this team is 6-7 and seven with Jared Goff at quarterback, with Amon Ross St. Brown trading away TJ Hawkinson. We know the defense isn't very good, and they were exposed through the air yesterday, but I I'll say this, 
they hit a home run with their first round pick, Aiden Hutchinson. What a monster he is in, yeah. in waiting. And if Detroit truly does <clears throat> use that draft capital to load up defensively, whether that's Jalen Carter, whether that's Will Anderson, um, I, I think this team is one of those. That, I, I don't want to say they are the Eagles, but I remember a couple of years ago saying if Philly commits to Jalen Hurts, uses their draft capital to improve other areas of their their offense, whether that be via trade yeah. or through the draft. And I got this on record. There are receipts. I was like, this team could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender over the next couple of years. And they did just that. They committed to Hurts. They built in other areas. They invested. They went out and traded for a legitimate number one wide receiver. And now Philly's sitting at 12-1, and one, best record in the NFL, the only team to clinch a playoff berth. I'm looking at Detroit, where... The NFC North is not it's not like log jammed at the top. It's not gridlocked by Mahomes. It's it's the declining Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields looks promising, but we all know the Chicago organization is kind of a mess still. And yeah. the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Cousins is I, I I was looking at I knew, like watching the games. I know Minnesota was 10 and 2. But they're not that good. I, I believe they've allowed five. They have straight, a negative point differential, actually. Yeah. Negative point differential. I think it's five straight games of over 400 yards that they've allowed. Like, they're not very good. They give up the draws every game, right? I don't care what their record is. They've 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 gotten some close victories, but I don't think this yeah. is a top-five team, and I don't think there's some lock to run the NFC North. Detroit's built this thing the right way. They built it their interior. We saw Panay Sewell catch a pass, but we know he's a really good offensive lineman. Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive side. They have weapons on offense. This is a team that if they end up having, because the Rams pick is going to be top 10, let's just be conservative, no doubt, then their own pick is a potential to be top 15. They use that capital to solidify some more defenders, maybe solidify a defense you know, up front. This is a team that could be scary good down the line, and I don't believe that they need to draft a quarterback with their number four or number three overall pick. Take the best defensive player off of the board, Jared Goff, as long as Ben Johnson is there, Goff has been money. Like, no one's talking about how good Jared Goff has been this year, but he's been incredible for Detroit. Do I think he's some great long-term answer? No, but we've seen yeah. Jared Goff damn near drop 5,000 yards in two seasons. Like, as long as things are called well for him and he's in structure, Goff can deliver a football. He can throw it wherever. He does it. He'll, he'll distribute it to anybody. Detroit, they may have a nice little quarterback on their hands for a couple of years. I look at him. Geno Smith, sort of in that same vein. You know, a year or two, they can get it done with those cats, man. Yeah, so I think there are some concerns, though, about Ben Johnson, not because he's a great play caller, but potentially, you know, you see what he's done with Jared Goff, and I'm sure a lot of teams are noticing this as well, right? What he's done has been a transformation that we've seen over the past couple of years, and yes, the offensive line helps, having the skill position players helps. You know, we saw we talked about DJ Shark on Friday, how he could have a big game. He had another big performance again. Amon Ra did his thing, and Jamison Williams got involved. We've been waiting for Jamison Williams to get on the field and make some big plays, caught that big touchdown. Now he's running wide open, busted coverage, but this is what we kind of expect to see from this offense going forward will it be all jmo and a lot of shark we'll see if they even bring shark back they probably will just replace shark with jmo next season but amon ross still got his allotment of targets they ran the ball 
decently only for 134 yards the biggest problem when you touched on it earlier is the snap shares right they've committed basically to three running backs no running back had more than 40 percent of the snaps i believe that jamal williams led the backfield with like 39 percent. swift was 36 and justin jackson was at 32 so again no commitment to any particular back i think that is fine for as long as it works for them but going forward will they continue to do that if ben johnson does leave and they have a new play caller We'll see. Um, but I'm not worried about the weapons. I think the golf is secure. The offensive line is great. And Ray, I'm sure you saw it. Penny Sewell running out as a tight end. Yeah. Look good and mobile out there catching that first down. So I think they're doing some creative things. And I think that golf will continue to play well. But as you mentioned, the Vikings are allowing 300 yards passing per game to opposing So you want to target those players that are playing the Vikings. And like I mentioned before, negative one point differential on the season, despite that 10 and three record. Ray, we've never actually mentioned this, but the fraudulent one is traded to the fraudulent organization in the Minnesota Vikings. So a lot of fraudulent ones the over fraudulent there. Fraudulent one. Goddamn Hawkinson, man. And then he tried to lateral the ball back. On the final play of the game, then he gets a fumble and lose me two points. Damn. Yep. I, just it just grinds my gears, man. But we do gotta give a shout out to Goff. Jared Goff, he is our quarterback baller of the week this week. There was it was between him and T Law. I think we could have flipped a coin. Uh, but Goff was money, man. He did what we needed him to do. Jay, you highlight, you talked about him on the prop video. His projected passing yep. yards was like 260, 270, or like smash the over. He did what you needed him to do. 330 yards, three touchdowns for Jared Goff, no interceptions. He also gave you nine yards on the ground, rushing, got you that point nine. Let's go. Jared Goff, uh, quarterback baller of the week. He's he's playing he's playing really good ball. And Detroit is uh they're there, man. They're they're in the playoff hunt, and that's all you can ask for on the other side of the ball. What I mean. Cousins went berserk because he had no choice, right? He had no choice, but 425 yards for Captain Kirk, and Justin Jefferson caught 11 for 223, Jay. Golly. And he gives Detroit the business in Detroit every game. Every game, man. 223 is is a lot, even for Justin Jefferson, but again, to do that on Jay, 11 targets, what's up? Real talk, man. Like, in a startup... You know, Jefferson has 99 receptions for 1,500 yards right now on the season. 99 I, for 1,500 right now. He's that good. Like, he's wide receiver one. I, I, Ray, like, genuinely, and I, I'm asking this seriously, is there really a case for Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson? Like, what is that case exactly? Maybe the touchdown ceiling? No, th- there's a case. That I... I there's a case, but I prefer Jefferson. I, he just he does everything right. There is a case. Yes, I think there is a case for Jeff for Chase over Jefferson. I, I'm I'm taking Jets every time. I mean, he's already up to 142 targets. His career high last year was 160 uh, 167. He's got what four games left? Yeah. He's got a shot he, to go over two K. Yeah, he does. He's got a shot to go over. I mean, this is he's good, man. He's incredible. Like watching him play, you just wonder how the hell he's open so often. So and you, yeah. they're not going to throw it in. I mean, Thielen's all right, you know. KJ Osborne's okay. Hawkinson is there, and it's just Jefferson every time. Jay, I mean, I really don't know. As long as I'll just say this. I want the Kirk Cousins and Jefferson, I want that pairing to remain for as long as possible. Yeah. Just keep Cousins with Jefferson for as long as humanly possible because get get another receiver. I keep seeing like Jackson Smith and Jigba mock to Minnesota. I would love it. Like get another guy. 
outside of Jefferson, someone, you know, Thielen's done a great job in his career. No Adam Thielen hate at all. He's been an incredible story. But get another, get a younger, more dynamic piece next to Jefferson. This he's that dude. He is him. Justin Jefferson is no doubt. He almost won wide receiver ball of the week, Jay. And we're not going to talk a lot. <clears throat> well, let's just get into the Denver game so we can get into the wide receiver ball of the week. Let's talk about it. Jerry Judy, um, eight for 73, three touchdowns. Uh, Jay Rich, three. Yeah. Not one, not two, but three TDs for Jerry Judy, who had a game of his damn career yesterday in a losing effort as uh, the Denver Broncos tried to come back versus the Kansas City Chiefs. You kind of touched on it earlier. Mahomes had a, I mean, he, he was good and bad at the same time, right? Like, he was great and stank in the same game. I mean, 352 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson, Jay, probably had his best game of his uh, Broncos career. 250, yep. 247, three touchdowns, one interception, was sacked six times. Russell Wilson led the way with 57 yards on the ground, was concussed in that game, but probably his best game of his career, uh, Russell Wilson. But where do you want to start with uh, with this one? Travis Kelsey is now top five in tight end receiving yards. He's right up there with Antonio. I didn't know if you saw that. He cracked 10,000 yards right up there with Shannon yeah. Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, and Jason Witten. So, I mean, we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he cracked 10,000 yards in almost 30 fewer games than the next tight end. Only 140 wow. games for Kelsey to get there. You just talk about the Ironman gold standard at tight end. Uh, you know, a lot of people still Travis uh, put Kyle Pitts as tight end one in Dynasty because of the age. If I'm playing in a two-year window, I don't think I'm taking any tight end over Travis Kelsey. Two, three years, give me all the Travis Kelsey I can handle. Uh, Jarek McKinnon led the way for Kansas City with 112 receiving yards. Two touchdowns. He did nothing on the ground. 22 yards on the ground, but it doesn't matter. Caught seven for 112 and two. I mean, he could have been the damn wide receiver baller of the week. He was that close, right? After Judy Jefferson, might have been Jarek McKinnon right there. Isaiah Pacheco, hard running, 13 for 70. I saw Matt Harmon talking about Pacheco yesterday, about how Kansas City truly found a steal in this young man. And it's going to be exciting to see how he matures with that program with a full offseason in Kansas City. Like him taking over the backfield as a rookie, not going to happen. But he's consistently involved. He's the lead back. He's doing his job. I, I really am. Jay, I think we could have something on our hands going into the next year with Isaiah Pacheco. Like I really do, man. I'm watching him. And Kansas City's doing it the right way. There's no need to slam him up the middle 30 times a game when you've got McKinnon, who's a capable pass catcher, probably a little more advanced on those third down passing situations. Talk to me about Kansas City and what you think Pacheco may mean. Because, of course, in Dynasty, you want Kelsey. But what are you doing yeah. with the Pachecos after this season? You want them. You want to trade them. You want to go get them. You're holding them if you have them. What are your thoughts on what's going to happen there in that backfield? Well, my only concern really is just the pass-catching aspect of his game, yeah. right? Because it's clearly not there yet. And I think the concern is, does it ever develop, right? Well, he, does he, ever three, become he, more than he, just... he had three targets and caught all three of them. So let's let's not make it let's not make it seem like he's a zero in that department. He caught three, got three targets, caught three of them yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah. So he caught three targets. That's, I mean, that's fine. But when you see Jared McKinnon catching seven for 112, you're kind of like, yeah, I'd kind of prefer if he could get a little bit more of that, right? And one of it was that nasty flip by Mahomes when he's running to the right and he flipped it out to Jared McKinnon. Jared McKinnon ran it for another big part. So the bigger thing, Ray, is I think not so much does he catch passes, but what we did see is when the game was kind of on the line and it was starting to get tight late in the game, it was all Jarek McKinnon. And I'm sure part of that is because that he's been in the system. They trusted him in the playoffs last year. Isaiah Pacheco is a little bit newer, pass protection, all those various things. So can Pacheco get to the point where they trust him, whether he's in or not? And if he's in, he's playing every down. He's, he's in those series, he's playing a lot. Or do they constantly pull him out for Jarek McKinnon in those crunch time situations? Because that's when you want your running back on the field, right? The two-minute drills, those long drives. And if Pacheco's not going to be that, he's kind of just going to be a grinder. And he'll only really be a good fantasy asset in positive game scripts or when he scores. And so that's the only fear, I think. Wherever you have him now, where he'll probably be ranked in the offseason, I doubt he goes too far. And so we'll see what happens with him. But I, I think you hold him for now and see what happens coming into next season. Yeah, I think um, this is where I think the fantasy community is like, sell, sell, sell. And I'm like, if I'm Kansas City and I have this young running back that's capable and we're paying him yeah. pennies, I'm not looking to replace him. He's going to be back. And maybe may, the the idea that these NFL teams have one guy in the backfield, it's antiquated. It really is. It, it truly is. This is not football of the 2000s. Or the Ladanian Tomlins in the early 2000s. They're not running out one running back and giving one running back all the work. We could probably count on one hand the NFL offenses that are only going to use one running back. Tennessee. Who else? And it's because they only have one. Tennessee. The Browns to a certain degree. I mean, they're, they're utilizing multiple running backs across the end. This is just, this is fact. This isn't me just saying this shit. Like, this idea that it's only one guy, is, it's an antiquated argument and ideology. Like, that's just not how the game is played. You look in Dallas, everybody wants Tony Pollard to be the guy. And in reality, the best thing for that NFL team, not for your fantasy rosters, is to continue to utilize a split backfield. Utilize Ezekiel Elliott as the hammer. Bring in Tony yep. Pollard to gash him. You use two running backs. You keep defensive coordinators off balance. It's a beautiful blend. I don't think what Kansas City is doing is any different than any other team across the NFL outside of a handful of teams that only have a guy, right? Tennessee, one running back. The Steelers, to a degree, one running back. But other than that, I mean, they're subbing guys in and out constantly. So I I, I think Joe hit it. I saw Joe said, um, uh, sell for first if you can or trade. And this is, this is not just a Pacheco thing, Jay. I, I mean, I'm looking at Damian Pierce. I'm looking at even look at the Detroit backfield, right? Multiple yep. running backs. Like, I just think that's the that's the way the trend of it, right? That's the trend. What do you do? What are you doing with those cats? Like, I meant you sell for a mid second. What are you hoping to get out of that? Like, what are you? Yeah. What are you? I guess my thing is, what are you trying to get? If you're using the pick as a flexible uh, asset or currency to make other moves, I get it. But if you think that you're going to replace Damian Pierce for some mid-second round pick and you're praying and hoping that he's as good as a Damian Pierce, that he's as good as a Travis Etienne or whomever it is, it's like, I don't know if I want to play that game, Jay. I don't know if I want to play that recycle game in, in Dynasty. Like, just give me the cat that's handling the workload, that's getting the rock, like, and, and let me, I'll figure it out in two years. If, if it doesn't work out, big deal. But I'm not about to just ship off 
proven players for just a re-roll at the same damn thing at best, right? Unless you think you're sharp enough to find the next second coming, which I, I don't I don't believe I am. I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like the I, Elijah Mitchell, like it just worked out that way. It was a bunch of injuries and he got in and he was good for a little bit. But shit, I don't know. Like, am I am I just gonna dump Ramondre because I think they're gonna bring in another back? Fuck no. Like, give me, let me, I'm gonna ride Ramondre until until proven otherwise. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, Jay. Maybe I'm wrong. So the bigger thing, right, and I want to give Pat Mayo some credit to this because he puts out a snap share chart every week, right? So Isaiah Pacheco was at 43% of snaps. He played 29 of the team's offensive snaps. Jarek McKinnon's 38, which is 56%. So basically it was that split backfield. Nobody yeah. else really touched the field at running back. So that's what you want. He played more snaps than Jalen Warren. He played slightly fewer snaps than Zeke Elliott, more than Samaj P. Ryan, more than Kareem Hunt. Like, I don't know which more you want to expect. The only players who played more than 6% of snaps were Travis Homer, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Travis Etienne, Miles Sanders, Christian McCaffrey, and Nick Chubb. The rest of them, split backfields, man. The guys that we kind of expect, right? Like Split backfields, Tony Pollard, 57%, Najee Harris, 56%. Like, obviously, Rashad White, Latavius Murray, or Rashad White and Leonard Fournette split carries. But you're talking about Jamal Williams, 37%, DeAndre Swift, 33%. Now, that's a problem. But when you're still getting 40%, what more do you expect? He doesn't catch passes, so he's not going to be in on passing down. So why would he get those snaps? Getting mm-hmm. 40% of the snaps, play, basically being a primary rusher, is a great, great spot to be in. I mean, Zeke's only getting 39% of snaps or 49% of snaps. So what more do you expect out of this guy to play? And like you mentioned, coming into next year, his role may be bigger. They may actually run the ball a little bit more effectively. He only had like 13 carries. Oh, Chase Brown. I just see Chase Brown and Kendra Miller. I love those guys. T- TCU Miller or Pierce. Here's r- Real talk. Today, right now, it's a thousand percent Damian Pierce. One thousand percent Damian Pierce. There's, there's in no world would I take Kendra Miller right now over Damian Pierce. Zero percent shares of Kendra Miller to face <laughs> with that question today. We'll see where he gets drafted. Right, if he gets what if the Texans draft Damian Pierce? Or sorry, what if the Texans draft Kendra Miller? Put, put, put them in that backfield. What do you think happens, Ray? Tell the people. You think Kendrick Miller would be a split backfield? It'd be a you you got it's the same damn guy, so I don't know why they would do that. I I I really don't. But let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and that big win. Oh no. Down here in Big D, baby. Big win. Big win. Big win. We got it done. Hey, some of you might sit there and be like, oh, y'all should have beaten the brakes off of them. But hadn't Houston been pushing a couple of teams to the brink? Have they not done this a couple of times? The 17-point spread was disrespectful. That was disrespectful. They they should have never have Why? Done that. The Eagles just beat them 30 to nothing. Philly's a different Philly's a different cat. Philly, Philly's a different animal. Philly's a different animal. But here's here's why I'm so impressed. This is why I'm impressed with Dallas, Jay. You're impressed? This is Can let me tell you why I'm impressed. It's not impressive what they Let did. me tell you why I'm impressed because Okay. The Dallas Cowboy teams of the past would have found a way to choke that one. They they would have lost it. And they and and a 90, but Dak almost did lose it. He didn't. Like, he, he drove him 90-plus yards line. down the field. Dart, 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 dart. Touchdown, Ezekiel Elliott. That is that is just as important as the big blowout wins. It's finding a way to win games in close situations. And Dallas did that. They found a way to win in a, in a situation where they probably should have lost that game. Dallas, I was fully prepared to get up this morning and be like, man— this is what happens with this damn Here team. Every again. time you buy yeah. in, they lose a close one. But they found a way to matriculate the ball down the field methodically, 
versus Houston, who was it, they were jacked up for that game. They were they were amped up for that game. It's an in-state were, yeah. rivalry game. It was in Arlington, Houston, and Dallas. If you don't live in Texas, there's a big feud between those two cities. But Dallas found a way to get it done. And the running game was strong. Diggs was in and out. Kelvin Joseph is barbecue chicken on the outside. But Dallas found a way to get it done when they needed to. Because had they lost that game, everybody would have ripped them from the high heavens. They came back. Sure. They got the job done. Dak was masterful on that final drive. Don't ask me what happened all throughout the game. I don't know what the hell was going on throughout the entirety of that game. But when they needed the win, when they needed the drive, Dak Prescott... Boom, 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 boom. Down the field, touchdown. Cowboys are now 10-3. and three, uh, Sole command of second place in the NFC East. Unfortunately, we got to deal with Philly, so we're not going to win it. But I, I thought that was an impressive way to come back. It wasn't an impressive overall game. Micah Parsons was non-existent. I don't even know if he was on the field yesterday. I don't know what was going on with him. But for them to pull that off when they definitely should have lost that game— I was impressed with them coming back, Jay. I was impressed with them coming back. Impressive is strong for me. I was impressed um, it wasn't, with it them. Wasn't like an, it wasn't listen to how I phrased the sentence. I was impressed with them coming back and winning that game. Okay. Uh, that's okay. I mean, the bigger thing here is that they didn't run the ball effectively, which was shocking against Houston. Um, I understand Houston put up points on them, which is fine. You know, Damian Pierce ran the ball effectively enough. Davis Mills did enough, even though he didn't throw a touchdown. He only threw a pick. So, you know, Chris Moore destroyed them. Okay, destroyed. whatever. Just destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. 10 for 124 and 11 targets. Great. But the bigger thing here and, and the Ray, the reason why I'm so worried is because I don't know what it is about Houston, but teams should be able to run the ball on them, and they just don't. And they abandoned the run, essentially, because they had to because they were down so many points. Dak was throwing picks left and right. I don't know where this leaves them, but they didn't play very well. You know, they had an impressive comeback victory at home. Oh, okay. It wasn't a hostile environment. I'm impressed with how they came back and won the game. So the question is for you, Ray, because you are a resident Cowboy homer and obviously resident of the DFW area. Where does this leave the Cowboys now? Because massive win. They scored more points probably in the fourth quarter against the Colts than they did in this game. But where does this leave the Cowboys now? One great performance followed up by a god-awful one for basically three quarters and almost basically almost the whole fourth quarter. Where does that leave them now for you? Because I was ready to say, you know, they're right up there with the Eagles. They can contend with the 49ers in the right game script. They can play a game that is conducive to them winning. But the problem is they abandon the run. They abandon their roots. And what makes them so successful was running the ball effectively, play action game, and using those backs. They didn't really use the backs. They only ran the ball 30 times, and six of those were with Dak Prescott. They need to get back to that more. So but what are you how asking do you feel me? about them going? What are you asking? So I think me? what. So what do you think they need to do? Because they should have ran the ball. And Not then. It was a, the fucking Philly went out there and lost to Washington. They got foot put in them by the Commanders. Like and people. I mean, it, listen. It's the it, any given Sunday. You can't just go out there and wax every team. Did the Colts not beat the Chiefs? Didn't the same Colts team that Dallas put foot in a Sunday ago? Didn't they beat the Chiefs? Did they not beat? The, am I am I am, am I mis- Am I misremembering? Did that coach team? They did. Okay. They beat the Chiefs at home. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's football, man. You can't, not every game they're going to go out there and do it. Where does it leave them? It leaves them 10 and 3. Leaves them 10 and 3. That's where it leaves them. 10 and 3, second in the division, one of the best teams in the NFL. Shit happens, man. They got the job done. They got the job done. 
Let's talk about Tennessee losing to Jacksonville, Who not didn't? getting yeah. it done. Oh boy, having a having a two touchdown lead and not getting it done. Letting T Law come back on them, right? Trevor getting it done versus well them, right? Really well. Let's talk about all the teams that don't get it done. Dallas got it done. Where's it leave them? Leave them ten and three with a date with the Jacksonville Jaguars at Jacksonville. They need to go out there and handle business because I think that's a dangerous team. They're playing with a ton of confidence. Trevor Lawrence, everyone yep. called him a bust. Doesn't look like a bust anymore, does he, Jay? Does your boy look no, like a doesn't. bust? Looking good. Looking but, pretty good, you know, right? Against Tennessee. We know Tennessee likes to give it up through the air as oh, well. 30 now, for 42. Now Tennessee, sorry. 368 and 3. Right? Okay. They do suck. Okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not breaking news here by saying All Tennessee right. sucks. But suck. yeah, he got it done. He definitely got it done. Evan Ingram, baller of the week. Baller of the week. Yeah, give it to Ingram. Two oh, my two. gosh. 15 oh. targets. Oh. Holy hell. My goodness. I mean, had half, uh, no, almost half of T-Law's yardage alone. Zay Good Jones Lord. played well. Christian Kirk played well. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence coming back in that game. Travis Etienne, very ineffective, like we kind of expected, up against the Titans. They threw the ball a ton, came back down big. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence absolutely propelled this offense to new heights in my opinion I thought they looked really really good so we'll see where they play and how they play in Dallas or against Dallas but I think that they are riding high and they deserve to be and it's scary to think what this offense could look like if they all stay together and then you add Calvin Ridley to this offense it would be pretty damn good I like what, I like what Jacksonville's doing man they're doing it the right way they're building around their franchise quarterback love what Jacksonville's doing uh what about Travis Etienne top five running back in dynasty are, are you on board with that isn't that your boy? Probably right Isn't that your Probably boy right that around, you yeah. would have rather had over T. Higgins? Your boy, T. ETN? I mean, he scored points this week, so I'll take it. Uh, top five, I'd say probably, yeah, right around there. Probably right around there. All right. Let's talk Buffalo real quick. I want to talk Buffalo oh, because every everybody, like, we can, t- like, they're 10 and 3. They got Josh Allen. We know he's a freak. But are they a top three team in the NFL? Is Buffalo a true Super Bowl contender, in your opinion? Um, not today. You know, a reporter asked Josh Allen, said, is this a play? It's like, this this doesn't look like a playoff offense. And Josh Allen said, okay. You know, like he only threw for 147 yards, which was surprising to me. The Jets are a good defense. They clearly have their number to some degree. Played them tough in both games, but he still ran the ball effectively, 47 yards on the ground and a touchdown. I don't know, man. Clearly Josh Allen's not healthy. Like, do you think that? I don't want to give him that, man. How is he not healthy? Is, I mean, is he? I don't know. So, I don't know. I don't know. So. so one of the big things I have noticed is Josh Allen. People have talked about this. Uh-oh. J- completing deep passes really anymore. Like, he used to be able to do that effectively. Now, he's kind of... I would say he's, he's, not, he's not completing deep passes right now. That's the biggest problem for me. And so you see that with Josh Allen now is that he's not completing those deep passes. And so... That offense is limited to some degree because they're not running the ball effectively. They're not completing deep passes. They're not opening up the field down the field. And maybe that's because Josh Allen is injured. So it does hamper them, brings everything in. But, I mean, you got to start him. That's the problem. He's oh, not no, really, no, he's no, not really I'm, playing. We're not like talking about not starting but you Josh start Allen. Him. Who's talking about that? Well, we're not talking about that. I'm just, I mean, he's been under, has he been under 250 for like the last four weeks? Um, He's not throwing a ton of touchdowns. He's running the ball fairly effectively. It's just a little stagnant offensively. I, I think we talked about it yesterday, Jay. <clears throat> well, I was talking about it. Uh, I don't know if I texted you this or it was in the Discord. I think the AFC is going to come down to three teams. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincy. I think those are the three best teams in the AFC. Titans, get out of here with that. Dolphins, after last night, man, I am uh, I'm worried about the balance. They they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball right now. And I think that's a problem. I think you need to they need to be able to establish the run to set up an effective play action, to free things up for Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. 
the fact that Waddle's going MIA, like it just, uh, they're good, man. But I think those are the three best teams in the AFC. I'm not buying sure. into Baltimore right now. Baltimore struggling well, in the worst way. Yeah. No Lamar. Tyler Huntley's hurt. They had to bring in Anthony Brown. And if you didn't watch him at Oregon or at Boston College, get do not blow your fab on Anthony Brown. I'm going to just put that out there right now. Would not recommend you doing that. Uh, Baltimore, I'm not buying into them. Who else from the AFC, right? Maybe the Chargers. Maybe if, they, if they're going to play defense like that with no Derwin mm-hmm. James, with no Joey Bosa, if that's the type of defense, and that's what Brandon Staley was lauded as, was his defensive guru, right? And they completely yep. neutralized Miami. And I know Miami is deple- depleted on their offensive front. But if they're going to play that type of defense, okay. You could you could sell me a little bit on the Chargers. But I think the AFC is going to come down to those three teams. I like the Jets, what they have defensively. Offensively, they just they just don't have they're enough, Jay. They it's I think they have well, let me let me rephrase it. I think they have enough. Like you look at what Garrett Wilson is doing, incredible. Elijah Moore, yep. good game for him. You're getting production out of Mims, right? You're getting some production out of Corey. You're not asking for the world from those guys, but you need when they throw Denzel Mims the ball, catch the damn thing. When they throw it to Davis, catch the damn thing. They're getting production out of both tight ends. They've found a gym in running back Zonovan Knight. And defensively, they're they're <laughs> they're one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. But it's can they protect and can White Mike White make the plays when needed? And right now, just don't trust them deep in the play. I don't trust them to be able to do that, right? I trust Burrow, I trust Mahomes, and I trust Josh Allen. And that's what it comes down to for me when I'm looking at that AFC playoff picture. But Garrett Wilson, another solid game, right? Six for 78. Yep. Incredible. He's a fantastic freaking rookie. Again, this entire rookie class, Pickens, Olave, Burks when he's on the field and healthy, London when he gets some targets, Jamison Williams coming. Like this is, you're looking at a potential just, if you drafted any receiver, any of the top 10 receivers in this rookie class, you're he- you're happy. Christian Watson, oh, yeah. Jahan Dotson to a degree, Pickens, London, Burks. You're like, you're feeling good. Great rookie wide receiver class. And then Bam Knight being able to carry the workload. A lot of people were concerned, Jay, about Michael Carter coming back. And, oh, man, what's Michael Carter going to do for, for Bam Knight? Nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing at all. Like, uh, he had his six targets, but on the ground – Bam Knight's the guy the rest of the way, and he's got a soft playoff schedule, so he could be one of those guys that truly helps you win your fantasy championship this year um, in New York. Jay, the final game I kind of want to talk about is the Watson game. Watson versus Cleveland. Let's talk about him. Yes, I always sir. like to talk. Well, Watson got it, looked a little better this week versus Cle- Cincy, right? Way better. Did I looked not call this, Ray? Did I, did I not tell you he was going to be forced to throw the ball? He'd throw the ball fairly effectively. He looked good. 26-42, 276. Touchdown the pick. Uh, not the best pick. You know, you kind of forced it in there a little bit. They had to abandon the run early. And my man, DPJ, 8 for 114 on 12 targets. And Jacoby Brissett missed them on a would-have-been touchdown. So I think it's, I think this is where you're seeing the elevation of the offense, having Watson in there. I thought he looked way better. He made a couple throws. His, his ball, I forgot how flat it is at times. He throws a very flat, fast ball, and it's, I mean, it works for him, but sometimes I wish he got a little bit higher, and it seems that's why he's throwing some of those picks, but Watson was pretty good, I thought. I thought he was pretty good. What did you think of Watson overall? I thought he looked good. I thought he looked, I thought he looked more like Watson. He looked a little more comfortable. You know, I, I can't, uh, for his own doing, the, the pressure that he faced playing in Houston his first game back, 
probably quite heavy on him and for good reason, right? But I thought he looked I thought he looked good, man. I thought he looked like Watson 62 QB 60.2 QBR was solid. They couldn't run the ball at all with Nick Chubb, which was strange. Yep. I thought they'd be able to run the ball a little bit better than that. Joe Mixon coming back from a two-game absence from his concussion, 96 yards. 14 again, split backfield like Mixon's going to handle the early down work and yep. Samaje Ryan's going to come in and catch passes and and steal touchdowns every now and then. Samaje Ryan, that's what he does. Uh Burrow 75 QBR, I like that, right? 18 for 33, lost Tyler Boyd and didn't have T. Higgins, who the Bengals screwed the entire fantasy world by not reporting him on the injury report, and people rolled Higgins out there, and he gave you a zero burger. Um, But Jamar Chase, Jay, I was telling you about his prop. I was like, seven receptions is mad low. Like, that's that's an over, an easy over. He had 10 for 119. This, This is why... In my opinion, there is a case to be made. Like, you can if people want to take Chase over Jefferson. I mean, he gives you 10 for 119 and 1, and that was almost just like, like, hold well, on. there was no one really there, right? It was well, just I mean, him. It doesn't he, matter. He, he he doesn't say, I don't, it ain't about yeah. nobody being there. This is what Chase does. He get, he drops 10 for 119 and 1, and it's just kind of like, ho-hum. That's a, that's a Jamar Chase game. Anybody else would be doing fucking backflips. They had 10 for 119 and 1, and... Jamar Chase does it, and it's just kind of like, oh, okay, good Jamar Chase game. No, he's, he's a great young wide receiver, great second-year wide receiver. Jefferson is one for me, but if I end up with Chase, I would not I'm, – I'm not I'm not sad about that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Jay, let's talk quickly about the Monday night game. What do you have to say about the New England Patriots versus the Arizona Cardinals? Are you excited for this one? No. Well, actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. I, I am going to watch. I was going to say I'm not going to watch because I don't really want to watch. But you and I have a very close matchup, right? I don't know if the score has changed. I believe we're separated by five points right now in our best ball league. We talked about this off air, actually. So people who want to kind of get into our headspace, we talked about this off air. We have a very close matchup. I have a big eagle stack. Ray had a bunch of bench guys go off, you know, whatever. It's best ball. So he, he constructed this team correctly, but we're separated by five points. You have Kendrick Bourne, and I have Nelson Aguilar, and we are going to be, we're separated, yeah, I think by about five points, and I think I would need about 10, and you would need a zero from him for me to come and beat you, but it's going to be tight down yeah. the stretch. It's going to be close. we got a big matchup. If someone scores a touchdown, it's, it's going to swing pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be. So I'm very excited for that part of it, but the game itself, not really. And I do, and, and we didn't even touch on Herbert and, and Tua. You know, I, I'm surprised you didn't want to touch on that because Tua looked awful. He looked it, terrible. Is he injured? Is no, what's going on? And then no, people. What is he injured for? No, no. He's it, not if it wasn't for Tyree Kill, I mean, does that offense score more than three points? I, it's it's bad. And then this week, like I talked about, they have to go into Buffalo this week, Ray. What the hell are they going to do in Buffalo? Probably nothing. Without and if if heaven forbid Tyree Kill doesn't play, I mean, dude, what like Tua looked so bad. Looks so bad. And so what does that mean for the Dolphins quickly? Uh, but yeah, the charge Monday Night Football, I'll yeah, watch so because we I, have implications, a, but I don't want to It's a 28 team. It's our patron. Like, it's the biggest league that we have. I, I give away a belt every year, engraved belt, um, all kinds of crazy scoring. It's 14 teams, two sides, 28 teams total. <clears throat> Jay Rich is the number two seed. I, I barely got into the playoffs. And uh, yeah, it will come down to Kendrick Bourne versus Nelson Aguilar. To see who moves forward, so I'll be tapped into that. As far as two, he's not hurt. Like what? There's nothing hurt about him. Um, they can't run the ball, and when they can't run the ball, the play action doesn't work. Yeah. 
The Chargers took that away. They played two over top. Like, they played a great defense. When you can generate pressure without having to send a blitz or you're sending four or five men, and you could drop everybody else in coverage and say, don't let Tyreek or Waddle get over the top of you, makes it very difficult for a quarterback to operate. We see a lot of teams try to do that with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll just say Mike McDaniels was Mike McDaniel was outcoached. He was outcoached yeah. by Brandon Staley on both sides of the ball. They could not stop Keenan Allen. They could not stop Mike Williams. Austin Eckler had his way as well. Justin Herbert was just methodical. He just was methodical. 51 pass attempts. He only had what? He went 39 for 51. He was incredible. 20, 20, I, mean, I think it was 24 completions in the first half Yeah, he alone. was dicing them up left and right. And defensively, that's the problem with Miami. They could score, but defensively, they're not a good defensive team. They're just not. And this is why I don't have them as a top five team in the NFL. I don't think they're a true contender in the AFC. Am I full-fledged panicked on Tua? No. I need a running game, man. Jeff Wilson is ass cheeks. He's terrible. And Raheem Mostert is the fragile one. So it's only a matter of time before uh, he inevitably gets banged up. And if you can't run the ball, then I'm just going to place two safeties over top and say you're not going to beat me over the top with Tyreek Hill, which still happened last night. But you know what? If one of them goes off and Waddle goes two for 31, it's probably not going to end well for Miami because they don't have the horses on the O-line to get it done. But, yeah, prayers up to uh, – Mike Leach, I don't know what's going on with him, but um, I think it was like a heart attack issue, but I've read the reports that yeah. he's, he's still in the hospital battling, so prayers up to Mike Leach. And uh, Jay, that's the show, man. That's the show. It's 8 o'clock. We got to get out of here. Got to get ready for some stuff over on Mojo. So I appreciate everybody tapping in. This Monday, we got the Dynasty Trade Show on Wednesday. Make sure you tap into the podcast channel. Hit that thumbs up button. Like the content. Y'all are here in the building. Hit the thumbs up button. Damn, man. Got like 200, 300 people in here. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you tap into all the dope stuff we're doing at DD. Link to the free newsletter is in the description. Get you some of them good stock and stuffers from Michelle Adoro. Uh, use the promo code WAKEUP, 15% off those coffee, stoffy, coffee, toffee, stocking stuffers. And then make sure y'all are tapped into us uh, every single day. The Discord community is super dope. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. Y'all make today great. Start your Monday off on a positive note, man. Be good peoples out here. Be good peoples. Don't be an asshole this week. Some of y'all are assholes. Don't be an asshole this week. Be good people. We love y'all. We'll see y'all on Wednesday. We out. Peace. Thank y'all for watching The Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich of the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content. And if you want to get in on that action, use the promo code wake up over on prospect for a hundred percent deposit match up to $100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the Mojo YouTube channel. Myself and Jay Rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on Mojo. It's all gas, all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.